0: Like that. The skills don't take away the emotions. We won't take back what happened.
1: Let me play my part.
0: Like, is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars, eating disorder. Like, I didn't want to. What do you want to live helpless little girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless. The body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to create change.
1: Yeah, I mean, you wrapped it up in a nutshell. It takes years though, right? I mean, for some people. You struck me when we first met, you came across the foundation uh, online. I think uh, I had put out a Facebook ad prior to our last event and I guess it just popped into your newsfeed or something. Yes. That's really cool. (laughs) That's kind of the point of it. We're always hoping to get some kind of feedback from this message that we're putting out there about Kel's life and her struggles and how she expressed herself musically and hoping that this album reaches people. So what was it about what you saw that made you want to be a part of this and kind of engage with us a little bit? Well, I
0: like to be involved in anything that involves trauma. However, this one was special because it involved two things that I deal with, which would be trauma and eating disorders, which is something that has been a big thing in my life lately. So when I came across that, I knew that it was something that I was interested in. And so I asked a bunch of people to come with me, and one said that she would. So I decided that that would be something that I would be invested in. And I also hope to still be a strong advocate for trauma and eating disorders because it's something that, isn't like addressed often, and there's a lot of problems with getting the help for it, especially with insurance companies and stuff. Yeah,
1: it's gonna come up in like every interview I ever do. People are gonna be like, There'd be more resources for people if the money wasn't in the way. Yeah, it's already coming up a lot. I feel like um,
0: there's no real um, treatment center that involves trauma and eating disorders. Together, like, there's a lot of, like, little things, you know, there's, like, a group maybe in an eating disorder treatment, but it doesn't get to the gist of, like, the trauma within itself. There's, I've noticed there's, in treatment centers, there's a lot of psychoeducational stuff Mm -hmm. that many of us already know being in treatment over and over again. Because of the a revolving of, door? Yeah, there's a lot of psychoeducational stuff that many of us already know. I think the focus that needs to be in treatment centers now is to really have that strong intense individual therapy or often rather
1: than throwing groups at people all the time. You think that's what it should be or what it is? What should be. It should a be lot more individual therapy. Yeah. So we started out talking about, you like to feel not so alone, but you also think that group therapy, there can be too much of a good thing? It's not group therapy that I'm talking
0: about. It's group psychoeducation things. So like group therapy is a good thing, like in groups and talking about, you know, different things and getting feedback from each other. I think that's good. I'm talking more of like, you're teaching me about skills that I already know type thing. I can understand if it's the first time, you know, in treatment for people and that they're learning new skills. But if, like, you've been in treatment before and you know, like, DBT skills and you know all these different types of skills... I think it's really difficult to keep learning the same thing over and over again when there could be more work done on the actual individual, like, reasons why people
1: are in the treatment in the first place.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm going to back you up for a second because I think there will be a lot of people listening who don't know what DBT stands for.
0: DBT is Dialectical Behavioral Therapy.
1: All right, so... Did you find value in that, but you just feel like you've been told the same thing again and again, and you're like those skills aren't getting you to the next level of acceptance, or where is it at with you that you feel like enough is enough? So I feel like these skills are survival skills, so they're keeping me
0: alive right now, mm. because if I didn't have these skills, I probably wouldn't be alive at the moment, um, because I'm dealing with so much. However, the skills don't take away the emotions. Wow, that's really powerful. So you can easily just like distract yourself when you're in distress, or you can like contribute to things. You can do things you like, um, but ultimately it's not going to take away how you're feeling about a situation. And as my therapist would put it, you're not. It's not going to take away the trauma. It doesn't take away what you've been through.
1: You survive through the moment, but do you feel like? it doesn't elevate you to the next level of healing. Like, you're not actually getting better. You just didn't clock out that day. So you're alive for the next day, but you're not healing. Correct. That's how you feel? Yeah, especially now. I think
0: in individual therapy, I find myself in a safe environment, which is great. I think that's important to feel safe in certain places, but... The main problem is that it's about 50 minutes a week. I myself have two therapists right now because I need it. Yeah. And they're in different like, realms, sort of. You know, I guess they go hand
1: in hand. I have a trauma therapist and an eating disorder therapist. You'd hope that there could be... I mean, two sessions a week is twice the support, right? But I really hope that your eating disorder therapist understands trauma. She does, which is why I'm glad that I got
0: her. She's actually the clinical practice person, like the clinical director of the coma location of the EMILY program. Okay. And she knows what she's talking about, and she actually allows me to talk about the trauma versus in a previous program that I was in for eating disorders. They basically kicked me out because I was dealing with trauma. And they wanted me to deal with the trauma because they thought it was getting in the way of eating
1: disorder recovery. That's so weird because, uh, I mean, I don't run an eating disorder recovery place, but I've seen Kel through a few different phases of treatment and her battles and the recovery process and everything. And it was just so hand in hand. When your sense of well being is gone and that resides in the stomach and you can't eat because that sense of well being's been taken away, how can you talk about, I didn't eat the last three days? and not talk about the trauma. I just don't, I guess I don't understand it being separated out like that. And I'm glad you have someone to talk to who doesn't make you choose one, like check one box. Like, I'm a human being, I can't check one box. This is what, I have to talk about all this, right? Yeah, and and she gets that, and I'm very grateful that she does. I mean, um,
0: she does reference my other therapist a lot because you know, she wants to know what we're discussing and what we're talking about so she can supplement that. And I do talk more about like the symptom use with her than I would with my other therapist. And I think that's important as well, because you're right, um, when it comes to symptoms, for me, it's binging and purging. It, it's higher when the trauma occurs and when I'm in a lot of trauma and distress, mm-hmm. um, there are skills that you can use, but the skills doesn't take away the way you feel about your body and what you think about it.
1: And that's been something you've dealt with since you were an adolescent, right? Yeah. Do you want to talk about that or do you not want to talk about that? The eating disorder? The, yeah, the, like at the, at the event, you told me a little bit about kind of what your adolescence was like and how that's affected your relationship with your body and I think there's a lot of people who might relate to that. So I I think when I was
0: 10, I was really not developed at all. I was really tiny. And then all of a sudden, like the next year in sixth grade, I developed really quickly and I like got a huge chest. And so I got made fun of a lot for it because like uh, I got called the size of Texas Compared to my friends who were like smaller states, and then who was the source of like everything of like abuse and that kind of stuff, he called me fat a lot. So that kind of um, Jesus. also led to a lot of body image issues.
1: You know, I have to edit out any specific names, but I don't have to edit out what you said. But I won't. I can't. I can't say who. But I'll keep what you said. But I'll blur out the name. I'll blur out the name. Does that sound fair? Mm -hmm. But I respect you uh, putting that out there, that that was something that affected you for more than just that time period. What's it been like dealing with that since then? I mean, you've got a head on your shoulders now. You've got ambitions, things you want to achieve, and yet you're in this storm. Um, It's really difficult because it's not just, like,
0: um, things that people say, but, like, Things that people say about themselves. Oh. Like, I had a friend who would just, like, talk about her own body unintentionally, you know? Like, and, like, detox because of what she ate recently or, like, that kind of stuff. People obsessed
1: with clean eating. Yeah,
0: and, like, she's tall and thin, so, like, it's really hard to grasp that information when like, I know that that's not my body. Um, And so it's really hard to like, I do a lot of comparisons between my body and other people's because I'm like, I want their body. I've wanted professionals that I've had, you know, in different people's bodies. And it's been really difficult to have that because like, it's like, in society today, you have to be thin and tall. Hmm. Like, And that's something that, I mean, I'll never
1: be tall. Do you feel like you'd be happier if you were? Or do you see that, this isn't to sound condescending, but do you see that like that person has all the same problems in life as anyone else?
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know that my body, like changing my body. Um, I actually had a, a talk with the therapist about this because um, I've wanted my my um, child body back. And they said, what would getting that back do for you? Right. Um, and it would just make me really sick because, um, and I would probably end up in a hospital because, like, if you're an adult, getting a child body is not healthy. Right. And so um, I know that... Even if I was tall, it wouldn't change what happened to me. And that's exactly what um, a lot of therapists have told me. It's like, it
1: won't erase your trauma. It won't take back what happened. Do you see it as, because I've never dealt with this, and I know that it's like, it's always in the papers these days, and so many women and some guys talk about the relationship with their body as just this massive torment that is, is always bothering them, and... I I want to respect it and understand it, but I don't always relate to it because I just haven't dealt with that. And Kel's eating disorder wasn't as much about if I looked like this or if I looked like that. Um, uh, But do you feel like that part of it, and now that you can sit here and just say flat out, I don't think I'd be happier, is it like a distraction, something for the mind to occupy itself with so you don't have to think about what really took place?
0: So, um, and I've heard that in the past, that that's similar with people with bulimia is that, you know, it's a release and it's a comfort thing because um, I'm not sure if at that time, I do remember um, my mom telling me about stuff about like eating disorders and what the effects are. And um, I honestly didn't remember myself doing anything until recently when um, I thought about how um, one day I was actually purging and I like went backwards and I'm like, I may have done this in the past to control what was happening to me. Um, And so, The body reaction was, he'll stop doing this if I, if I engage in these behaviors.
1: You felt like there was a direct link between this is going to save me somehow. Yes. Can you explain that to me? I know you kind of just did, but I'm trying to understand. Because this is a common thing with the eating disorders that people feel like this is saving them. And they start to associate it with their survival it becomes a hard thing to let go of something you feel like is saving your life? Well,
0: I thought that I'm. this is a guess of mine because I don't know much, I can't remember much about uh, childhood, but if I was to guess, I think it would be like a repulsive thing. So just like my other body reaction, um, the purging would repulse him from wanting to do things to me. Yeah. Just like the binging, like gaining weight. Right. Like if I gain weight, then he wouldn't want to be near me. Get the music behind the mission. Best thing ever. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys
1: haven't checked out the merch table. Join the movie. Buy the album.
0: Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org.
1: Here from